Welcome to The Real Enneagram, A Spiritual Quest, brought to you by the Institute for Conscious Being. Join us as we experience the vital teachings of Enneagram expert Dr. Joseph Howell, clinical psychologist and author of Becoming Conscious, The Enneagram's Forgotten Passageway. Relax as you are taken beyond personality typing to The Real Enneagram, The Spiritual Development of the Soul. Welcome back to a podcast entitled The Real Enneagram. A spiritual quest. Thank you for joining us today. We have another great podcast, another great time today uh, with a special guest. Of course, there's myself, Erica Jobes. We have Dr. Joseph Howell. And then today we have Gladys Schaefer, who is with us. And Gladys, how are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you. So honored to be here. Well, we're excited to talk with you. So Gladys, tell us a little bit about yourself. I know that you're a teacher. Yes, I am an educator and my specialty is teaching students who have dyslexia, who are struggling readers. I get to teach them how to read and it takes quite a while and one of the beautiful things that I love about it is that you get to help them transform the way they see themselves as someone who can embrace all the beautiful things about themselves. And that life work started when my own daughter was diagnosed with dyslexia. But also I just, you know, I love to learn. I think maybe I'm an educator, but I'm also, I think, a learner in equal parts. Well, I think that profession is perfect for you because you have a really patient and encouraging spirit about you. I guess we've known each other a few years now. You are a student of the training for the Institute for Conscious Being. Is that right? That's right. I'm very grateful. (laughs) (laughs) Member of that society. How far along are you with that training? Well, I graduated from the Scholars Program, and uh, this was my first intensive, our training that we just had a few weeks ago. This is my first training in the master's level, Okay. and I love it. I'm going to be around forever. <laughs> you guys are going to have to come up with something about master's, <laughs> something about that, because once you start this journey, I can't ever see stopping. Yeah. Well, it's a little bit like a family, and... Being around people who are accepting and loving and part of a community is such a great thing. Joe, how are you today? I'm doing well. I, I'm like you. I'm glad Gladys is with us. Um, she, I believe, is Dr. Schaefer. Am I, <laughs> oh, am right. I correct, uh, Gladys? Um, only in speaking those things that aren't yet as if they are. <laughs> I am in a doctorate program. Uh, it began as a transformational leadership, EDD. Okay. And so I'm, I'm on that journey, yeah. So one day... <laughs> You'll be up there with uh, Jill Biden, Dr. Jill Biden. <laughs> oh, I'd, I'd be so honored to be there with her. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, cool. So, uh, Joe, you're doing well. And did you want to start out? Did you have some questions for Gladys? Well, I just want to acknowledge that we're doing this podcast on St. Valentine's Day of 2021, and that in preparation for it, we had asked Gladys to talk about love, but through the lens of the training that she's been getting through the Institute for Conscious Being on consciousness, 
and also the spirituality of the Enneagram. In a word, as the way you love or the depth at which you love had any changes since you began this study, Gladys? It has been transformed. I am an Enneotype 9, which means my full child is a 3. And as a 9 growing up, my definition of love was equal to making peace. So I grew up and functioned with the understanding that if I loved someone, then I needed to merge with them and be sure they were always happy. And if I walked into a room and there were people who were unhappy, it was my job to make them happy. And that was what love meant. Uh, even growing up, in, growing up in the church and serving, that's how you showed your love, one for another. You know, and as you've taught us, Joe, <laughs> Uh, when I walked into my first Enneagram training, it was really very interesting. I, I read Ann Crone's book first, and I accidentally found it on the Internet as I was looking for something, and it was The Road Back to You. And, you know, what I've learned and you've given me words for and understanding is that you come to place in life where what was working just doesn't work anymore. Mm-hmm. Your dark night of the soul has several of those that that broke me to pieces and the, the way I had operated was not going to work anymore and so that started it's a great book but I just was drawn to more so I googled Enneagram I'm in Birmingham Alabama and you guys the Institute for Conscious Being just happened to be having a conference very nearby here in Birmingham and, of course, I will give God all the glory for that and also the timing. Uh, the timing in my life is right. And that saying, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear, mm-hmm. really spoke truth in my life. And so I went to that meeting all by myself. It was at a church in town, All Saints. And after I signed up, I found out, you know, a friend was going. And, and we sat at the different tables, and I moved around from a a six table, set up a nine table and just felt like I was home, that we saw the world in so many ways. And at the end of that two day conference, you guys gave an invitation. It was like, if you would like to go deeper into this and understand the, the spiritual realm of the Enneagram, you know, not just a personality type, but a depth that God made you in a certain way. And the divine has a, you know, there's more to learn. Then please come, consider our training so <laughs> two of us at our table we like raised our hands so high and it was this is the truth do you want to follow in this and I was hungry for it so I absolutely signed up right then so that's where it it all began for me an unsettledness where life was not going I didn't want to continue like that and I was in my I'm in my 50s I was in my 50s then I've been on this for about three years with you so and then that started with our trainings, our in-depth trainings that are, you know, over a long weekend and the readings. And if you shall hear the truth and know it as your oldest and dearest friend. And that is exactly what happened with me, to understand that. There were some great things about, you know, my ego. It's not like I have to reject it completely, but it really is this remembering, self-remembering who I was. 
who I was at the very beginning, before that mummification took place of my soul child. So it's interesting that you uh, thought that love was just not uh, rocking the boat, making things peaceful at all costs, and merging with everybody to make sure that they were happy. So how would you describe Mm -hmm. your new view of love (laughs) on this Valentine's Day? On this Valentine's Day, what I've found is that love doesn't always make everybody else in the room happy. (laughs) What is best for you and probably for them is truth an alignment with the truth, a willingness to hear the truth. I think that is my idea. I've known for a long, long time that there is a divine who loves me, that there is a God who absolutely adores me. My holy idea of the nine is unconditional love. And mm-hmm. I can love well, but my big journey has been in a way it's been self-love and self-honoring self-compassion and an honoring of my own truth that gladys is that's you know you and i've had a lot of conversations about this and that's what I've seen kind of emerge in you over the last couple of years is you are the kind of person that puts everybody else first and their interests and their needs and you know what they want to do and where they want to go to eat and I mean you just the list goes on and on and I think you found a voice to kind of speak up for yourself you know how you feel right and and then that's a self-love and an honoring of yeah an honoring of your soul Yes, honoring of my soul. And you know what has been funny about that is that many times that is all my friends and loved ones really want. They love me and they want me to follow my own truth. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> I mean, is, is that, it's like, those, it sounds so simple, but it's kind of a, an aha moment, isn't it? It is an aha moment. It's also a lens. It's a clarifying lens of, and those in your life who don't want your best, maybe that thing they're calling love is not really love. Mm-hmm. And that sometimes, you know, sometimes true love means, means saying goodbye to good things mm-hmm. <laughs> for the very best things. And, Joe, I think you were referring to this earlier. The other thing about our community is that here at ICB, we do have a community, and it's not just meeting three times a year. One of the COVID blessings, the phrase I've used, is that we've moved to Zoom, where we have Sunday meetings, some, and we have Thursday night in-depth intensive meetings, and this holy place of being able to really be yourself, even your messy, ugly self as you try to hear the truth and lean into it. I think that's been my growth. I think an understanding of what love really means. So we had a really difficult encounter earlier this year. We had a new grandchild, a beautiful, beautiful little boy with a perfect birth out in Colorado. And we were so, so grateful. We've lost a grandchild after birth. So every birth is so absolutely amazing and terrifying. So it was going great. And, 
then his mom, his sweet mom, who's so brilliant, our daughter, just knew there was something not quite right. And she took him, she kept taking him to the um, pediatrician, and they were like, it's okay. And she said, <laughs> she was sick. She got very fiery and said, you have to come back and listen to his heart. And he was soon airlifted to a hospital in Denver, and open heart surgery was performed in when he was 18 days old. And he is great now. His name is Liam, Liam the Lionhearted. And we walked through that. But with this new knowledge and with this new community behind us, Joe, Don, Erica, all, so many of you are with us, Roger. Even if we were just on Zoom, we knew, even though we weren't physically here together, that we were walking together. And I think that's what love has done, Joe. I think love has expanded in my heart. It's expanded my understanding Erica, your lovely eightness has made me lean into truth when it's painful in myself and in others and an acceptance of, more of an acceptance of all things, not what I just would have called good in the past. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely have seen that with you, Gladys, your ability to I think for one thing to understand that your presence matters that being a part of this community and this group when you're not there it's not the same that you do matter and your you know your insight matters because a lot of times you know our ego type nines they're so wise but they may not speak up because they're not sure what they have to say is important enough or will matter or people want to hear it and the truth is you you have such a connection to your holy idea of holy unconditional love so that love permeates the wisdom that you usually bring to the group. And it matters, you know, it matters. I know that's still a growth area for me, and I'm grateful for all of you in my life to, that, can, that reminds me of it. When Joe asked me about this podcast, my instinctive <laughs> reaction was, I'm not worthy, <laughs> yeah. which makes which made me laugh because that's a non-response. And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so tell us about your soul child, Gladys. Yeah, I love my soul child. <laughs> my soul child is a three. And so I love being around healthy threes. And threes are usually known for success and a strong voice and a, a message to share one of the things that's happened since I've joined you all in this journey is I've had the opportunity to speak in a few situations. And one was a statewide conference as president of a nonprofit. And it's on the idea of reading and that everyone, everyone deserves the chance to learn to read. And it's a civil right. And so I had a very wonderful audience in front of me, maybe two or 300 people. And I get so nervous before I speak. I mean, almost just nauseous, like, before I step on stage. But then once, it's the place I think Frederick Buechner calls, the place God calls you to is the place where your greatest joy and the world's deepest need meet. And for me and my calling, it's that fine line of everyone to know about the human story. Everybody needs to be able to read and to write so that they can share their own thoughts and voices and and be able to 
to just connect on that. But once I got up on stage and my, my mouth opened, I just felt, I, I felt the flow, I felt the passion, I felt the connection. You shall hear the truth and know it as your oldest and dearest friend. I feel like I'm at that place. And last week, I was able to speak at a, a funeral. I was one of, you know, a handful of people, and I was so so grateful for a precious brother-in-law. And I felt that connection again, being able to share the scripture I've been asked to, to share. And it's, it's a heart connection for me. It's, it's not just, and it's like I disappear. It's a really, it's a wonderful experience. And I th- I th- for me, that's what a soul child three uh, is the pinnacle of that, is that place where it's not about Gladys, but it's about bringing truth as a conduit to people, to other souls who need it. And, and that makes, I love it. So I don't live in that place, in my head space, and all the time my heart space, my gut space, but I'm walking toward that more often. Yes, it's uh, interesting people want to shrink their egos. In fact, mm-hmm. that's why uh, so many therapists are called shrinks. <laughs> because they are shrinking egos as a way to heal. But that's a curious way of reducing the ego. And anything that shrinks can also be in- reinflated. But stepping into the soul child, such as you have spoken of, just takes us out of the ball field of ego altogether. I mean, it's a new way of living. And you can walk up to the president of the United States or the Queen of England and not feel nervous because there is no ego that is judging or being judged. It's only a soul. And there, that soul is beyond judgment or beyond judging. Mm-hmm. So I understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, Gladys, is there, you know, when we talk about your soul child, is there, is there anything that's just a little bit sassy about your soul child? <laughs> I love that word sassy. One of our other non-friends came up with it. <laughs> yeah. Talking about her. I was actually thinking about this morning. Yes, sassy. And I don't want to say arrogant. And it's not arrogance in in a negative way, but just a, a connection to truth and being able to proclaim that, that sassiness. And I am walking in more sassiness than I have in quite a while yeah. <laughs> in, in many areas of my life. Especially, I think, uh, my husband and my daughter and I had COVID over Christmas and we're all in different parts of the house. We all came through okay and didn't have to go to the hospital, but there is something about being that close to eternity. When you're lying in bed and you're not sure if the breathing's going to continue, you're checking your oxygen, but the coughs are deep, and it's very similar to when we lost our grandson, and I felt like my heart shattered. It was a glass, like a glass ornament, and it just shattered. And you're on that precipice, and you really get a clear vision of what this life is and what matters and what is just twaddle. Mm -hmm. And I have a passion 
to walk closer to reality, to my reality, and get rid of the twaddle. You know, what is it that I'm called to do? What is it that you're called to do? Joe and Erica, both of you, I see this in your lives. So when you speak in our group, you are love personified. And, and I'm not saying that because, I mean, I do love you. And I adore you. I love your writing. I love this. But you are a complete nine. You are the conduit of the divine to us. And you speak truth and love. And Erica... With you, just a clarity, a truth, a, a way of seeing, and a, a courage to say it. And I want to live in this kind of community. <laughs> I want to be who I am in my essence uh, 99.9% of the time. <laughs> mm-hmm. yes. I love being around other people who are in that space. Don't you agree? I mean, it's helpful to be around people who are her living in that space because it uh, it allows you to see h- how that looks and then i just think that being in the presence of people who are just really aware and conscious raises your own without you even necessarily trying you know so um i know what you mean i i got to spend about an hour with joe this week in person and uh you know it's just it lifts your spirit to be around someone who, you know, unconditionally loves you and, and I'm an eight and I'm just half the things that come out of my mouth, probably, (laughs) you know, they just rub people the wrong way or, and Joe just laughs. I mean, I'll say something and immediately I'll think, well, that was rude or, you know, that was too much or whatever. And I don't know, it's, it's great to be accepted for, you know, being direct or, you know, whatever. So I know what you mean. Well, so Gladys, you know, to to get back to love for just a minute, this past heart training that we did, was there anything from that training that stood out to you this time around? Because, you know, in scholars, we've been through the heart training before, of course, at a different level. But was there anything that stood out to you at this master's level? Two things. I've always, always, always loved your heart now training. <laughs> I love being able to walk away from those weekends and say, look, this is science and this is truth and go look at this heart math. Two of my daughters were visiting at the time so they got to hear your talk on that and so I love heart math and I would encourage everyone to go except it truly has affected my teaching. It, it's hard during COVID because we're socially distant mm-hmm. and, I, and I just want to hug everybody and mm-hmm. I saw my so just trusting that our, our math is expanding, our circles are expanding. I think the, the most challenging thing that I took away this time, and I, again, this is my, I guess, seventh time through these intensive weekends, is we did dyads, where we hear a teaching, and then we go, we break off into two by two. I love that we can do that on Zoom. It's just crazy that that works. And I was paired this one particular time with someone I really don't know that well. We've met um, a few times and we're in, in different groups and we're different ego types. But the question was, uh, how does it feel to move from I am this or that? I am a teacher. I'm a wife. I'm a mother. I am to I am. And we keep asking that question for the full time allotted, about 10 minutes. 
So she went first and really went to a breakthrough place for her. And then she asked me, and when you start those, Jill, what are those called again? What kind of the inquiries? Inquiries, yes. Inquiries. How do I feel moving from I am this or that? So as a nine who wants, you know, who goes sometimes to a three, I am the president of the state this. I am the <laughs> I am the daughter of this upstanding person, da 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 to this I am. And where I ended up was that I am whew, at that point, I am at the bottom of a grave and the grave is open and I'm still alive, but I'm just sitting there in a dug pit and I am allowing people to put handfuls of dirt on me. Oh, I want you to be this. Oh, I want you to be that. I need you to take care of this. I need you to take care of that. And it was like a lifelong kind of picture of that. And then I realized that many times I am the one pulling the dirt on top of myself, burying myself. Erica, what you said about a nine, we want to become so tiny that we're not noticed because that will cause somebody to be uncomfortable if we're really who we are. Right. And so moving from that place, being aware of that dirt and getting out of that grave. Well, if you take that on to our intensive Thursday night meetings, dear nine friends said, well, also in the winter, a seed is like that. A seed is deep in the ground, and but spring is coming. <laughs> and that was, and the word isn't any longer dead, but resurrected. Mm-hmm. And I am beginning just since our weekend, I think that was two weekends ago, I have felt in two different major areas of my life, these shoots coming out and beginning to break the earth, you know, coming out and starting upward growth. And before we know it, I mean, just who knows? Yeah. <laughs> who knows what will happen? Well, there's so much hope wrapped around that. And, you know, where there's hope, there's energy. And for you as a nine, where there's hope, there's diligent action and that movement mm-hmm. to the soul child of the three. You know, where it's not all is over. You know, it's just begun. You know, the the ability for you to make a difference and to be who you were meant to be on this earth. I mean, it's now. You know, there's hope. There's this future, you know, where you belong and where you matter and what you have to do will impact others. You know, and that to me, there's just, there's an energy that seems to just be woven through that. Thank you. I, that's how I feel. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I just want to thank you, Gladys, for joining us today. I, I love hearing from you. I enjoy being around you, too. You're always just very loving and accepting, and it's just it's great talking to you today. Joe, did you have anything else you wanted to add or end us I, end with? I just wanted to join you in thanking Gladys Schaefer for being our guest today and for being on this journey with us because you're right, Erica, she is an important component to what we do, God, as you are. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. It's an honor mm-hmm. and it's a beautiful, fun journey. I am more alive today than I was. I've been asleep for a long time and you guys are, you are helping the resurrection happen. <laughs> Great. 
Well, that's great. Well, thank you so much, Gladys. And thank you to our listeners for joining us again this week. We're so grateful that you've taken this time to be with us. If you have any questions or comments, please let us know at therealenneagram at gmail.com. You can also visit our website, theicb.org. And we have a lot of information there about who we are, what we teach, upcoming events. We do conferences. We do uh, training seminars. And that information is uh, located there on, on our website. So thank you, Joe. Thank you, Gladys. And thank you, Erica. Thank you. We'll be back thank soon. Thank you so much. I love you, Kyle. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you for being with us today. Check out our website at www.theicb.org. That's T-H-E-I-C-B dot O-R-G. If you have questions you would like to have answered on this podcast, just email us at the address on our website, theicb.org, under Contacts. And if you would like to attend one of the conferences or other events of the Institute for Conscious Being, you will find these presentations on our website under Events.